You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is a safe place. It's a place where we can feel free sharing our feelings. Think of my office as a nest and a tree of trust and understanding. We can say anything. Anything. This is Dirt and Sprague. Deep down, I'm, I'm feeling a little confused. I mean, suddenly you get married and you're supposed to be this entirely different guy. I don't, I don't, I don't feel different. With Andy Dirt Johnson. I happened to look over at a certain point during the meal and see a, a waitress taking an order. And, uh, and I found myself wondering uh, what color her underpants might be. Her panties. And Brendan Sprague. Odds are they're probably basic white cotton underpants but i i started to think maybe they're silk panties maybe maybe it's maybe it's a thong maybe it's something really cool that i don't even know about you know dirt and spray gone 1080 what what i thought we were in the trust tree with in the nest are we not the fan in the world of change. all right hour number two dirt and spray right here on 1080 the fan We'll see how it's going with Dion 48 hours later. Mark Johnson is the play-by-play boy for, uh, voice for the Buffs. He's got some terrific pipes. Just terrific. Oh, really? Like the kind of voice that I hear and I just think, why? Why don't you have that? Why do I sound mm. like a whiny 13-year-old and he gets mm. to sound like Sam Elliott? This is not fair. I looked him up on Twitter and I would say it's because he's more of a man than you are. He is a real cowboy. He's I riding am, a horse. Yeah, I'm an urban cowboy. He's a re, he's a real cowboy. You put your boots on <laughs> with your baggy jeans and he's actually wearing like appropriately fitting jeans with cowboy boots. We had him on for the pregame show for Oregon, Colorado, and there was not much to talk about for that pregame show <laughs> because it was Oregon and Colorado. But they they were in their coaching search and I asked him, you know, who are you who are you looking for for Colorado to hire? Like what kind of coach could win in Colorado? And his line was Colorado needs to hire somebody with sand in their pants. Mm. You should bring that back up to him. You should say when you intro him and you say, hey, "Mark, welcome back on with us." You said they needed sand in their pants. Does he have sand in his pants? Does Dion have sand in his pants? All right. Well, looking forward to hearing from him. We got the mail sack coming up at eight fifteen today, so get those mail sack questions in. Any and all are welcome at five zero three two five zero. Uh, ten eighty. Look at you remembering the mail sack today. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I already got. T- I already got them coming in. I'm already writing them down. Hey, hey, once in a while, I look at my show notes. Actually, that does happen. Uh, a lot to get to here in the second hour. We got our Heisman finalists announced. Uh, we need to get to that list. It's, yeah, yeah. I, 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 one guy, I just, I don't understand it. But okay, he's wow. not going to win it. Wow, the hatred, the hatred. Oh, of course, you'd be offended by that one. <laughs> Of, of it's right, just central casting for you to be offended by. There that is one. a guy that got snubbed, and I'm. I, yes. It sucks the way his season ended. For I think his there's team. two guys that got snubbed. Okay, I don't oh. know who the other one is, but I'm curious. That's fine. I'll talk to you about that when we get to it. All right. I want to start the second hour though. Oregon hired a, an offensive coordinator that they did. Bob Will Stein at UTSA. I ask you this question: Had you ever heard the no. name Will Stein? No. 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 Okay. I saw the news and I uh, spent the next 15 minutes Googling and searching mm-hmm. who the hell is Will Stein? Yeah. Can I win his money? No, I cannot win his money. And uh, looking at his offenses from UTSA. 
they everyone's pointing to the red zone efficiency of UTSA and comparing that to what Oregon was, and you know people are excited about that. Mm-hmm. And here is Will Stein. We were I was kicking around the idea of getting somebody from UTSA, and then I thought, well, if Will Stein can sum up his offense in sixty seconds, do I really need to go to? Texas of San Antonio. So here is new offensive coordinator Will Stein summing up in a meeting what his offensive philosophy and style is. Our version of that on offense is we've won the football. Okay, we want to be a violent football team running the football. And we say run to win. Our perimeter blocking, I think, shows up as much as anybody in the country with our wideouts striking on the perimeter. Okay, and then our backs and pass protection. <laughs> All right. Two. Get your best players the ball as many times as possible. We say feed the studs. That's our way to say it. It's not rocket science. Coach said it earlier. Plays are highly overrated. I'm going to talk spacing. They're great plays, but it's overrated. If we got trash players, they don't look as good. We have really good players at UTSA. Okay, so get your players the ball as many times as you can. We want to throw the ball down the field, right? We say two times a quarter. That's eight a game. That's minimum shots down the field. Okay, then Ford says mixed formations, shifts, motions, and tempos. The, the day of going fast all the time is, I don't want to say it's over because it's not, but we like to set the pace on offense. So you want to set the pace, you want to get the ball to your playmakers, and a minimum of eight shots down the field. <laughs> Feed the studs. Feed the studs. Feed the studs. <laughs> uh, violent attack is the offense, and Dan Lanning has done yet again, hired a guy with the exact same voice as him. <laughs> what I thought when I saw that video yesterday. He not only sounds like a Kenny Dillingham clone, he sounds like a Dan Lanning clone, right? He says, right a lot, right? We got to do this, right? He's just like right out of central casting. And it was hilarious to watch those videos. Nobody knows anything about this guy because nobody watches UTSA football. There is an interesting note I have about him. But when you dive into some of the numbers, and we actually follow, there's a guy that does radio in San Antonio. I don't know how we got connected with him many years ago. It might have been a Blazers Spurs playoff series. But he, he does ESPN radio in San Antonio, and I follow him, and he he sent out a tweet when this came out yesterday, and he follows UTSA pretty closely because they've turned into a good program. I think they're ranked in the top 25 here at the end of the year. They're always a feisty little offensive like, yeah. juggernaut. And they'll beat somebody in non-conference. I think they beat Arizona in non-conference a couple years ago, and you're like, wow, they beat a Pac-12 team, UTSA? And, it, I mean, the the sentiment down there was, man, this is a huge loss for them because he's the guy connected to their offense. You look at the numbers, they speak for themselves of what he did. They only had one game this year where they scored less than 30 points, and it was a game at Texas where they scored 20 in non-conference. Every other game they were over 30 points on the season. And he's just he's in the line of what? Lanning is looking for it's a young dude he's 33 years old he's up and coming he's like four years ago this dude was coaching high school football he was actually Hudson Cards high school football coach in the state of Texas at one of those big you know mega high school programs down there where they love high school football uh, and so he just he's right in the line of what Dan Lanning's looking for young dude energetic a good offensive mind, at least according to his pedigree, and I think Duck fans are really excited. We didn't know; I had no clue who he was, and then you learn, you know, research him. And you're like, ah, this sounds like a good hire. So to me, it's it's not so much the offense. Like, of course, his offense is summed up as saying we want to run the ball, we want to take shots downfield, we want to set tempo, we want our playmakers to get it. Like that's literally every offensive coordinator's plan. Yes, I and you can't. I don't think you can even draw a conclusion of what Oregon's offense is going to be. Based on UTSA, I think a lot of it is what he mentions. Do you have the horses, how it looks, going from UTSA to the Pac-12, is, is it's a bit of a step, and we'll see what he's going to be. I think every Duck fan poll would tell you, great hire, I love it, it's going to be a great offense. And I think every non-Duck fan would say, eh, we'll see. 
I think the, the, the sneaky underrated part of this is are they currently looking at another quarterback with this hire? Because I, I, I truly do believe that part of the Dillingham thing was Bo Nix was coming. Mm-hmm. I think that was a huge part of this. There was no way Bo uh, Dan Lanning to me was going to come in and say, oh, yeah, Ty Thompson's our guy. I think when Bo Nix got here, that was cemented. It was his job, and he summed it up in the quarterback competition. Well, Dillingham was the reason Bo came to Oregon. They had a relationship, and Dillingham told Landing, you got to go get this guy. So I'm asking you, because there are a lot of programs sniffing around the Hudson card transfer portal out of Texas, as there are a lot of players that are in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Oregon has definitely got to be in the running of this. And I just ask you, like, when you go get his high school coach, Hudson card, damn near decided to go to UTSA out of high school because of this guy. Think about that. He ended up at Texas, but he he truly, it boiled down to like UTSA in Texas. He almost went to UTSA over Texas because of Will Stein. I know you got Dante Moore coming in, but I see this higher and I wonder, is there something more to it? Because the Dillingham Knicks thing was clear as day. We Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, you see these combinations and relationships they kind of sort themselves out, and sometimes the tea leaves are there. I'm wondering if Oregon is now sniffing around the Hudson Card territory with Will Stein. It could be. What I would say, though, is I wouldn't want a coach to make a hire for one player because I don't know how long this dude's going to be in Eugene. History tells us not very long, maybe a year, maybe two years, and he'll go get a head coaching job. Or, oh, you you know, Will Stein? Will Stein, yeah. We just we don't have a pedigree of having co- you know recently coordinators sticking around Eugene very long. Does he? What's his dream job? I don't know, but I'm sure there's one out there for him, and he's probably you know they're going to fire Sark at Texas in like two years, and he's going to be the next head coach at Texas. He would have to take that job. (laughs) You got to take that job. I can't blame. Look, I can't blame anybody for going OC to head coach. Um, But I that might be a a a part of it. But I don't think it's the reason you bring a guy in. No, I'm saying is it a part of it? Though I think it could be. Yeah, but I also don't. I don't think behind the scenes they know, or at least I I would hope they know, but it at least is in public what Bo Nix is going to do yet. Because if Bo Nix is is staying around for another year, it's the perfect situation. You don't need another transfer portal. You don't need to spend NIL money on a quarterback that you don't need for a year. And you hope that having Dante Moore behind Bo Nix for a year as kind of a learning, developing role, and then by year two he's ready to take over and become the starting quarterback. If you got to enter the, the portal, which you might have to because I don't think Ty Thompson is ready, we don't often see true freshmen that are ready to play. Maybe Dante Moore is an exception there, but that's not usually the case in college football where they can step in right away and be elite. So that would then lead you to have to jump into the portal and spend some NIL money there. And if you have to go after a guy, Hudson Card has a relationship with him, as we pointed out. Uh, but I, I think they would prefer having the Bo Nix thing resolved, Bo coming back, and then you don't even have to worry about this question. Well, I want to carry this over because the portal's going absolutely nuts right now. And I, the other school that's in-state is also looking into the portal pretty hard. Yes, and, they are. And so I, I kind of want to get to some of that. We'll do that next. Mark Johnson, the play-by-play guy for Colorado, will join us. What's it been like with Dion? We'll get to the Heisman finalists that were announced. One guy I don't think should be on that list. Uh, and the mail sack at 815. Dirt and Sprague back with more on 1080 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Well, the uh, transfer portal is going absolutely insane. Everybody's losing their minds and they're freaking out. And they're going, I don't think this is what was intended. <laughs> Over 1,000 kids. There were 700 kids in the portal in the first, like, four hours of portal <laughs> being open. I love some of them, too. It's like the NBA free agent deals that you get one minute into free agency, so-and-so signs a contract. Like, oh, yeah, no communication, huh? There was a, a linebacker, I think from Cal, that entered the portal and within an hour had already committed to UCLA. Well, you talked about uh, where Flo goes. I mean, he's a SoCal kid. I Would you be shocked if he ended up a Trojan? I think take a flyer on a five-star linebacker with speed. And, and they need help defensively. I don't know if he's the help they need, but they need help defensively. I mean, they, they've lost some dudes. Their defense, they've already yeah. had departures announced on their defensive side of the ball. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'll be curious to see what your team does. Maybe Bo does come back and all of this is kind of pointless. I know Oregon State's in it. They're all in on the portal thing. They're, I mean, God, their opponent. Dude, I don't know if that bowl game's going to get played. Have you seen the Florida departures? It really sucks. Anthony Richardson would have been a fun matchup to see that Oregon State defense against him. Oregon State has struggled against mobile quarterbacks, all that kind of stuff. Would have been a lot of fun. And the fact that he's not playing takes all the excitement out of the game right like it's just it feels like florida doesn't want to be there oregon state's invested i'm I'm in i might be doing like a confidence pool thing for bowl season that might be my number one most confident game well yeah if it's played (laughs) i'm serious like do you replace an opponent you can do that i think yeah there's five and seven teams that i'm sure are sitting around waiting for a call which you know it's it's cool oregon state will win 10 games but i (laughs) I don't even care how ravished they are. I'd rather them beat a garbage Florida team than, like, UNLV. Ten wins is ten wins. Yeah. Beating beat an SEC team, I get it. Outside of Vanderbilt, still counts. Uh, <laughs> I have seen Oregon State fan be very upset, though, because— That Florida players are leaving? Well, just everything around it. Like, you know, Oregon gets to play a nine-win UNC team, so I think people have thought that's a better matchup. I don't think UNC's that good this year, but I guess I can understand the argument. The Holiday the, Bowl is the better bowl. It is the better bowl. When Oregon was ahead of Oregon State in the standings, that's that's why they got the better bowl game despite the head-to-head uh but did you also see they had to move up the start time of the game yeah because of the raider football game the kick time now is 11 30 a.m it's an early kick time yeah and you might not be playing florida it's just all of it around it kind of sucks the vegas bowl should be a bigger deal than this and this is the unfortunate unintended consequence there's there is going to be 60 percent of bowl games that this is going to be the case and oregon state just happens to be playing and I, I saw a random account that had a decent following tweeted out a a photo of three logos and it said where's dj gonna transfer out of from clemson yeah and one of them was oregon state the other was fresno state and i'm like he's a fresno kid okay but like is that a real possibility he's gonna go to a five-star quarterback is gonna end up transferring from clemson to fresno state might want to go home but i also was wondering like if oregon state does have a shot at that 
I don't see why you wouldn't. I mean, you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pony up an NIL because these guys are all going to get a pretty penny. If JT Daniels is is getting like two hundred grand in an NIL deal and a house to live in and all that, JT Daniels, they offered him six figures. I know that. They just didn't want to give him all the other bowl that he wanted. Sure, which I, there's part of me is, is like, good, you shouldn't, but they could have used JT Daniels this year. Maybe your season goes a little bit differently. So as long as you can play. I would reverse that, actually. He needed them more than they needed him. <laughs> Yeah. He got yeah. benched. So. He, that, that is true. And that he's is in the true. portal again. He, he is back in the portal. Uh, Keaton Slovis back in the portal. Don't like, want that. His <laughs> stats do not suggest he's a good player. His stats are Chance Nolan stats. He's 58 completion percentage. Not good. 10 tuts. Friend of the show, Keaton Slovis. Nine picks. Yeah, I told him he was really good looking. He is a very good looking kid. Very charming young man. So, I yeah, there's a lot of options out there. This is the biggest thing, I think. And I think there's two huge storylines in the Northwest that we're keeping an eye on that will drastically impact next season. One is, does Bo Nix return or not? And what is the, you know, if he does not return, is Oregon able to bring one of these guys in? And two, can Oregon State make a play in this regard? Like, they have a good team. They're returning. I know they're losing some stuff defensively, but they're returning a lot of talent. Damian Martinez, a freshman running back. Like, there's a lot of pieces that are going to be back in place for Oregon State next year. They need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I I don't think you want to rely on a freshman, let alone... Lord knows I've learned this too many times to count. Like recruiting rankings don't really matter. Just because a guy's a four-star kid doesn't mean it's guaranteed he's going to come in and kill it. Braxton Burmeister was a four-star recruit. Ty Thompson was a five-star recruit, and he's two years in and he's not ready to play yet. So the recruiting rankings sometimes can mislead you to the next guy that's going to lead your program. You need to go make a play in the transfer portal. Sounds like they're being aggressive. Sounds like they're ready to do it. Now it's just a question of which guy does it end up being. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of all the frustration of the portal? Because the portal is loaded with a lot of talent out there and you know people seem to have problems with this thing a lot i get it i get both sides of it i i think it's good for the players that they have mobility and options if coaches are to leave if you know things were promised to them in recruiting that didn't come to fruition i also think there's a lot of players that are soft and they don't want to compete and they're upset because the coach yelled at them and they they want to just go bounce I think both of those things can be simultaneously true, that it's good for the sport, the players have mobility, but also this is not what was intended when it was originally thought of. There was a crazy story. Johnny Wilson is a guy that has stood out to me. He was at, I believe, Arizona State. He was a highly touted recruit coming out of high school. Went to ASU, I believe, and then decided to enter the transfer portal last offseason thinking, I'm Johnny Wilson, I'm going to get all these offers, everybody's going to want me. And he went like two, three months and nobody called him. Mm -hmm. And he was like a four-star wide receiver recruit, big body, nobody called him. And he thought, he like at the end of the process, he thought to himself, holy smokes, do I got to go to like community college next year? Like, I, I don't have an offer. And at the last second, Florida State called him and said, hey, we'd love to bring you in for a visit. Why don't you come here? And he ended up going to Florida State and ended up having a pretty good year. But there's a lot of these guys, man, that are making huge mistakes that there's not going to be an opportunity for them waiting. Like A lot of these kids think they're better than they actually are, and they're, they're upset that they're not playing. There's a reason they're not playing at their current university. And so I think eventually this will kind of find a, a happy medium. But right now I get both sides, the coaches that are saying, like, look, this is ridiculous. I shouldn't lose 25% of my roster because guys are upset and their uncle's telling them that they should get more playing time. But it's also good that you know kids have mobility. I think it's exciting for a lot of schools too of you know only so many schools are going to get the high level recruits out of high school I think it's exciting for a lot of schools to be able to be in a position where they can replace talent and replace it with experience and guys that are ready to play right away you know you could talk about how many kids are in the portal 
Um, th- that's their choice, by the way. So who cares? Like if they're not going to land somewhere, that's a learning experience. But for the ones that do, I-, I think it's great. I think there's programs out there that find the guys that they need that mm-hmm. are right for their systems. And I, Oregon State's one of many programs. I think Oregon's going to be hitting the portal a little bit. I hope they do on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, <laughs> you'll go get some guys out there that you don't have to say, well, this guy's a so-and-so freshman. What's he going to be as a player? Because it could be yeah, it, it could be Kayvon or it can be Justin Flo. You just don't know what you're going to get every year. No clue. And so go get a guy that played it. Like, I mean, Noah Whittington was a great example of this for you guys. Western Kentucky. Yeah, I'd never heard of that kid before. I'd never heard of him either. And then he gets to Oregon, you see him run, you go, wow. Like, yeah. There's a lot of those kids in the portal. And so for that reason, as a college football fan, I, I think it's great. Because now you can go out there and you can say, what pieces do we need to plug and play versus what pieces are coming back and what pieces are going to come now to our campus and we're going to try to develop them and get them up to ready to play. It's so. good It's good and bad at the same time for small programs because you can have a story like Jordan Addison who breaks onto the scene at Pitt, wins the Bolitnikoff, and then realizes, wait a minute, somebody out there is willing to pay me $5 million or whatever it is to go play for your school? Sure. I'm out. Pitt can't afford that. And so I think it can be good for programs like Oregon State because you can pick up some of these guys and maybe find the next quarterback that you desperately need. But will there be cases over the years of guys, I don't think Damian Martinez is going to do it, at least I hope not, of guys that pop, that are a three-star recruit, and all of a sudden they realize, hey, I could go make a lot of money playing for somebody else for two more years. So there's always going to be a catch-22 and a balance to this. I want Spencer Sanders in Corvallis. I think that would be the dream scenario. You get him, he's one year of eligibility left, he's leaving Oklahoma State, he already loves the OSU black and orange thing, we have cowboy hats now, so like it all is kind of a match made in heaven. He doesn't need to go above and beyond. Just be better than what they've had, which isn't really hard to do. And I think that'd be perfect. Aiden Childs comes in. Aiden Childs, I was told yesterday, is going to be 17 by the start of their game. For next year? Yeah, he's, he's a, a he's young, a young really kid. young kid. Ooh. Yeah, so, you know, let him sit for a year and learn. Spencer Sanders is like a one-year bridge gap thing. I think that'd be perfect. But he knowing how the portal works, I think some of these guys already have deals yeah. Uh, in place. Speaking of the portal, Colorado is going to probably be hitting the transfer portal hard because their head coach already went on Twitter and said, come get me. I'm not hard to find. Deion Sanders making waves at Colorado. The play-by-play guy is Mark Johnson. We'll get his thoughts on this whole Dion primetime experience 48 hours in uh, on the Daily Ticker coming up next. And then we got the mail sack at 815. Sturton Sprague on 1080 The Fan. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, Let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Spray visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Spray is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Tuesday, brought to you on the fan by Pelican Brewing Company, born at the beach, online at pelicanbrewing.com. And the big news in college football the last 48 hours or so has been the hiring of Deion Sanders at Colorado. Joining us now is the voice of Colorado, Mark Johnson, at MJ Buffs Voice on Twitter. You can go give him a follow there. Mark, good morning to you. I, this announcement came out that they're going to try and offer the job to Dion, and my initial reaction was, well, that's fun, but no chance in hell he's going to Boulder. He took the job, and this is happening. Like, what's the reaction for you guys in Boulder and the excitement level? Deion Sanders is the next head coach of Colorado. Well, isn't it amazing? Colorado went from arguably the most irrelevant FBS team in America to the most relevant in about 24 hours. I mean, it really is startling. You know, initially when I heard the name pop up, and I heard it weeks and weeks and weeks ago, and I thought, well, 
on the surface, that doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, you know, I know he played for the 49ers out west, but for the most part he's been a, a southern guy, played for the Braves, played for the Cowboys, played for the Falcons. You know, he's coached down there. He played at Florida State. I said, I don't, I don't see the connection here. And then as time wore on, I continued to hear this is more and more serious, and there's legitimacy to it. A couple of weeks ago, I thought it was pretty much a done deal. And so here he is. Yeah, it has totally turned things around. I can't believe the influx of energy and attention, and we're you know we're watching the transfer portal and and the recruiting trail right now. I mean, it really been, has been stunning over the last really what forty eight hours at this point. Well, Mark, what would you yeah what would you make of kind of the reaction though outside of the the Colorado bubble? You guys are excited. There's a lot of attention for the program. Players are already excited to maybe play for Dion. What what do you make though of the media coverage outside? Because he had that players meeting that went viral because he was like, hey, I got guys coming. Like you're not ready to compete at the portal. His press conference was was pretty good. We played some clips yesterday that were great. What have you made of the yep. media coverage of Dion so far at Colorado? Well, it's what Dion brings, right? I mean, it's what Coach Prime is all about. When, <laughs> when he shows up, there's going to be attention. You know, that, that video that went out from the team meeting, when I first saw it, i, I got to be honest with you, I was kind of surprised by the media reaction to it. When I watched it, I took it as a challenge. I mean, that's the first thing I thought about. I'm a former athlete myself, so I thought, well, he's just challenging these guys, saying, hey, I'm bringing guys. If you want to be part of this, you've got to do what I'm going to expect of you right now. And then when I saw the flip side of that, where uh, the take was that he was telling everybody on the team at this point, you might as well leave because you're not going to be here. I was a little bit surprised by that. And and, uh, at this point, I I think it settled down a little bit. But for me, it was was more of a challenge than anything else. But, yeah, the the media thing, that's... That's what's going to come with him. I mean, uh, we better get ready for it. It's uh, The attention is going to be on him nonstop. It's going to be on this team nonstop. I've realized you don't hire Deion Sanders as a coach. You hire Coach Prime as a brand, and, and that's what he's bringing to Colorado. Yeah, 100% is. We're talking with Mark Johnson. He's a longtime voice of Colorado uh, at MJ Buffs Voice on Twitter. You can go give him a follow. The, the athletic director came out and said, you know, we, we don't quite know how we're going to pay for this yet, but we, don't worry. We're going to come up with the money. <laughs> Things will be all right. And I, my, my follow-up to that was, like, I imagine you're talking about all this added interest and excitement. Like, I'm, I'm assuming ticket sales are going through the roof. I don't know how you know close you are to the business office and all that, but just in terms of fan investment and spending money on gear and tickets and wanting to go to games, that has to be at the highest level it's been in quite some time, I would imagine, in Boulder. Yeah, when, when Rick said that, by the way, I wasn't surprised at all. I've been living my life that way forever. You know, I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. I'll, I'll figure it out at some point. But, uh, yeah, I did kind of chuckle at that. You know, it, it's interesting. Here, here's just a little example of what we're seeing in terms of the influx of donations and ticket sales and, and uh, paraphernalia and gear and all that kind of stuff. My wife was down at a meeting yesterday, and somebody found out that she was married to me, and they started talking about the whole thing, and the guy says, I've been a Colorado State fan my entire life, and I was talking with my wife this morning, and I said, do you think we should maybe buy Colorado football tickets? I mean, and so that's the kind of craziness we're seeing right now. I mean, people actually thinking about changing an allegiance, I was stunned by it, but uh, I thought it was pretty funny. But, yeah, uh, I talked to our marketing arm. I work for Learfield Sports and the university. I talked to our marketing arm at Learfield Sports yesterday, and he said they had received over 40 phone calls from national companies inquiring about being in sponsorship and being a part of what Colorado football is doing. I mean, so that's happening everywhere. Somebody threw the number. I don't remember exactly what it was, but the Instagram following, for example, for the university account more than doubled in the first 24 hours. And so, you know, when, like I said, when, when Dion shows up, uh, everyone, all of his followers are coming with, and, and all of a sudden they're becoming bus fans apparently. Well, our producer made a good point here, Mark. Are we going to see Ralphie in an Aflac commercial now? <laughs> 
know what? I'm not counting anything out of the possibility of happening. That, that may be, you know, Ralphie and the Duck all of a sudden are going to be teammates, apparently, on the Affleck commercial. Well, well, I, I got to ask, like, we talked about this yesterday. It's it's hard because it's, it's just opinion. It's speculation, right? It's it's We're throwing it out, like, what can he do in year one? Like, you mentioned it. I appreciate you being honest. That was yeah. quite literally one of the worst teams I've ever seen in my life. God bless you sure. for calling those games. But, like, year one, when you get this kind of interest, it seems to me that maybe there's going to be some expectation. I think they can win six to seven games. What What do you think is realistic in year one now with this portal? You know, and I've been asked that question the last couple of days here, and it's hard to answer. Here, here's the thing I do know. You know, our, our season opener this year was with TCU, and I think they had either 49 or 50 new guys in the roster. When we saw – uh, USC, Lincoln Riley brought in, I think it was 51 or 52 new guys in the roster. So the one thing we do know in college football now, unlike, say, 10 years ago, where it's a three- to four-year process to flip a roster, you can do it pretty quick now. So would it be unrealistic to think that, well, maybe he brings in 60 new guys? Well, all of a sudden, that, that's, the, that's the heart and soul of your two-deep roster, and, and things could be very different. So you know, I, I don't know I mean, how quickly that could happen. I uh, I joked yesterday with one of the shows that called me. I said, you know what, it'll be someplace between, I'm guessing, 6 and 12 wins next year. I don't know. But, <laughs> but when you're dealing with an athlete like, and you guys know this, when you're dealing with one of the greats, you know, a, a Deion Sanders, a Michael Jordan, a Wayne Gretzky or Peyton Manning, whatever, those guys think only in terms of excellence and we're going to win everything. And So I know that's probably what his mindset is. For the rest of us, I think it's for the fan base, I mean, they're thinking 12-0 and in national championship next year. Those of us who can be maybe see with our eyes and not with our hearts, I think we're, we're, we're maybe a little bit more tempered than that, but I'm not exactly sure what to think about next season. Yeah, you get to bowl eligibility. I think that's a great step in the right direction for Colorado, yeah. for Dion in, in year one, no doubt about that. Now, I know one of the things when you hire a guy like Dion, you, all this attention and the excitement, it's all going to be there, but I think a big part of it succeeding to that level is what's the staff he's going to put around him. I've seen rumors, you know, maybe Mike Zimmer's coming in as a D.C. Uh, they hired the Kent State head coach to come in and be their yep. offensive coordinator. I'm just curious, what have you made? You know, some of the names I think fans know, some of them they don't. Willie Taggart, one of those names, so that's one that's relevant for Oregon fan, uh, but what have you made of the staff so far that he's putting together around him? Well, that, that's been the thing that, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect in that regard, um, but but he really, apparently he's been working on this the last two or three weeks, and making phone calls and making contacts, and so it doesn't appear he's messing around. So far, everything we've seen him do has been pretty impressive, and so the list of names you're seeing out there as potential staff members really make you raise an eyebrow and think, well, this is pretty impressive. I mean, he's not, he's not playing around here. And, you know, when you see, like you said, Mike Zimmer and Willie Taggart and the coach there at uh, Kent State who's had a prolific offense at different times, that, that gets pretty exciting. So, um, you know, I think a lot of people wonder, because when you think of Dan, you think of the athletic icon, you think of the cultural icon, and then you wonder, okay, what's the coaching going to look like? I mean, I know he won in the SWAC, but, you know, that's not the highest level of football. He seems to be taking, uh, putting that staff together to approach the football aspect of this pretty serious as well. Uh, Mark, let's let's just address the elephant in the room. I, I was told yesterday, I was like, you know, Colorado would be a fun stop. And then my co-host over here says, you know, we had him on for the pregame. He's good. So I reached out. I text you. And I, 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 heard, I heard this story about your pipes. And we get you on, and here you are. And I want to ask you, what age were you where you realized you were like, yeah, I'll be calling, uh, I'll be calling sports in some capacity with this voice? <laughs> well... I'll be honest with you. I've got the, I was always kind of loud when I was a kid. I always talked a lot when I was a kid. It used to get me in trouble in class. And then when I, I was a college basketball player, and when I got to college, I actually had like a second, uh, you know, burst of hormones or something. I grew about four or five inches. My voice got deep, and so it was kind of yeah. I was kind of pigeonholed. There wasn't many option job options for me. It was either going to be a, 
uh, you know, a baritone with the Oak Ridge Boys, or I was going to call sports, and so I decided to go with sports. Well, it happened to us in college, except we didn't hit puberty a second no, time, so no. our voices didn't. It hit never puberty. happened. I still sound like a 13-year-old. Last one for you, Mark. We had you on the pregame show, and I asked you, what does Colorado need in a head coach? And you told me a great line. You said, they need somebody with some sand in his pants. So I'll close here. Does Deion Sanders have sand in his pants? I don't think anybody has more sense their pants than Deion Sanders. I mean, this guy, I, what I was meaning by that is, is guys got to come in here and understand what it's all about and not wilt under the pressure yeah. of what this job, because I've seen the previous guys, some of them just wilt. Deion Sanders doesn't wilt for anything. And so, yeah, I think they fully, uh, you know, committed to, to that aspect of what they needed in the coach. And, and I'm, I'm no, there's no doubt in my mind he will not wilt under the pressure of this thing. Yeah, a lot of us grew up knowing Colorado was an elite program around the country, and it's fun to see the excitement, the conversation back around the buffs. It's great for the conference, great for Colorado fan. Cannot wait to watch Pac-12 after dark with a little primetime uh, mixed in next season. Mark Johnson is the voice of Colorado at MJ Buffs Voice on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Thanks for the time, Mark. I'm sure you've been busy uh, the last couple of days, and hopefully we can do this again soon. You bet. And guys, I'll leave you with this. You know, adding Deion Sanders to this league when we're trying to get a, a deal done yeah. with the media probably doesn't hurt the Pac-12 as well. Amen. Bring that kind of attention. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, guys. Appreciate you. There you go. Mark Johnson. Great stuff from him. The voice of Colorado. Just don't leave us for the Big 12, Mark. Just do- Yeah, don't. Yeah, no. Colorado's <laughs> going to pull up for the Big 12. I mean, I brought that up yesterday. I know, like, when you look at these Grant Wright deals, I mean, they're basically the Pac-12 might sign a five-year deal kind of thing. Yeah. If, if there's a chance Dion's around for three or four of those years, that's big. People are gonna watch, want to watch Colorado next year. It's one thing to have a Colorado State fan jump off that awful train wreck of a program to the Dion thing, right? Like you don't see that often. To hear that many companies reach out of interest to do some marketing and advertising, not to mention the report that came out yesterday that like 200 kids in the portal had already reached out to get in contact with him. I don't know what year one will be. We're all going to spitball our best guesses. Nobody has clues how this is going to work. There is not a doubt in my mind he's going to have talent to go to a bowl game next year. Yes. With that press conference and with his swagger, that that translates in a big way. Hiring Willie Taggart, that seems like a mistake. (laughs) Willie Taggart being back at Hudson Stadium next year has has sand in my pants. Is he legally allowed to be? I do. That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> what if he wasn't? What if that was a part but of the lawsuit? Didn't he have like a, a lawsuit thing that yeah, just happened? They settled. I think they ended up settling. He's prevented from being in the state of Oregon. <laughs> We're down an assistant this week. <laughs> he can't be the special team coach or whatever Non-conference games uh, for Colorado. Yeah, TCU, Nebraska. At TCU, then Nebraska, then Colorado State. That's a fun non-conference Hey, where's lady. your assistant? Where's your running's back coach? Well, he almost killed Oregon kids. He's actually not allowed to be in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, about six years ago, he almost murdered a couple of kids, so he's not allowed anywhere near Otson anymore. Uh, yeah, Willie Taggart might be on his staff, so there you go. Another thing to keep an eye on for uh, Northwest interest. I love it, man. This is great for the conference. Exciting. It's a lot of people are talking about it. Imagine telling people four months ago the number one storyline the week of the Heisman Trophy ceremony is going to be Colorado football. I think it speaks to how garbage the Heisman is. Well, let's get to that. Okay. Because they announced the finalists yesterday. Sprague's pissed that one guy is a finalist. One guy got hosed. Sprague's had another guy that got hosed. Are we excited at all? I mean, we know who's going to win the damn thing. What's the feeling about the Heisman? That's coming up next. Well, yesterday we found out who's going to New York City on Saturday. What, like 5 o'clock, I'm assuming, right? And they usually do this kind of after the Army-Navy game. Who cares? Hooray! I mean, you're right, because everybody's going to be watching Hawks and T-Birds on the CW. I will be. It's Teddy Bear Toss Night, baby. Oh, that's the big one. It's going to be a sellout. Yeah. I don't care about this award. This award is antiquated. It's it's not... It's 
throw it out, man. Okay. No. I saw a joke saying that they should just change the the trophy because the trophy is a guy running the football doing the Heisman pose. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. just change it to a guy throwing the football. Yes. So Put Roger Staubach <laughs> on there, basically. <laughs> basically, See, like, yeah. the first quarterback, throwing quarterback that won it. That sounds about right. Uh, your finalists are Caleb Williams, who we all know is going to win the award. Max Duggan of TCU. C.J. Stroud of Ohio State. <laughs> And Stetson Bennett from Georgia. Ah, yes. Stetson <laughs> Bennett, very deserving of being in New York. What a joke. How is how what how, a joke. how how did Stetson Bennett get an invite to New York? Can somebody explain that to me? Because he's the quarterback of the best team in the country. <laughs> he has twenty <laughs> touchdowns and six picks. He like, was better last year than he was this year. It's ridiculous. He no, threw twenty nine touchdowns last year. He only has twenty this year. He's I'll... not even a top five player on his own team. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, Stetson Bennett's a Where's his projected? Is he projected to get drafted no, at all? No. Swag. He's, he's, he's 5'11, 190 pounds. I understand that. No, no chance. And he's probably like 5'9, really, because yeah. they always lie. He but. is a tiny ass dude. There is no chance that guy's getting drafted. He'll be like an unsigned. He'll be. Uh, he's going to be a coach in five years. That is that yes. is his career. And yeah. he's, look, he's a good college quarterback. He's, he's what they needed. Like, Georgia's had talent. Jake Fromm sucked. Like, they needed somebody that would bring it together with all the their defensive weapons and all that. So I'm, I don't want to like act like he's a horrible player. He's, he's going to be a two-time national champion. Yeah, he's going to win back-to-back yeah, titles. When was the last time they lost? He lost a game. Uh, Alabama in the SEC title oh, game last year. But in the regular season, he hadn't lost one as a starter. They were undefeated 12-0 until the SEC title last year. He's going to be Jake Browning. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Except but, with championships. Well, no, but you know what I mean, though. Like, yeah. NFL-wise, like, I see that. He's going to get signed. He'll go to camp. He'll get cut. You hear his name again, and then he gets cut. And then the next time you see him is randomly when they go to the offensive coordinator booth. And it's like Stetson Bennett. And you go, oh, yeah, like five years ago. <laughs> How about that? Stetson Bennett. Hendon Hooker not getting an invite is it's inex- embarrassing. inexcusable. It's embarrassing. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the country all year. He got hurt at the end of the season. He had... One of the better, more iconic moments of the season, his game against Alabama that they won on the last second field goal. Like, that was one of the highlights of the entire college football season. Him him not getting an invite with the injury. Like, that, arguing that Hendon Hooker is not better than Stetson Bennett, <laughs> it's... It's one of the like you're making the you're making a mockery out of the entire process. His completion percentage is better. He's got more touchdowns, less interceptions. I mean, it's not even close. I, and and less and, talent around him. Well, this was pointed out. Let's reverse the quarterbacks. Is there a difference there? <laughs> yes. Yes. There one is. is doing what they're doing with a better player, and the other is not beating Alabama. Yeah. And and look, Jalen Hyatt is a great wide receiver. Phenomenal wide receiver. But he, I, I, I saw that yesterday. I just I kind of chuckled. And by the way, there's another quarterback that should be there over Stetson Bennett. Who else should be there over Stetson Bennett? Michael Penix Jr. should legitimately be there over Stetson Bennett. That's not even a contest. Michael Penix Jr., 29 pick or 29 touchdowns, 4,300 yards, 10-2 and two record. Like, if you're going by numbers and success, 10-2 and two with those numbers is better than what Stetson Bennett's done. Also, not with, you know, first-round NFL talent surrounding him at every position on the yeah. field. Makes it a little more challenging. Uh, yeah, the, 10 more touchdowns, basically 1,000 more yards than Stetson Bennett. Like, what, what, what are we doing here, man? Can what you do anything to revive this thing? This just feels like <laughs> such a... I, 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 unless you're, you have a player in it, I guess, there's just not a lot of excitement, I feel My like. My guess is they'd have to go back and re... They'd have to redo the voting parameters. Yeah, they're not going to do that. So they're unless really... you're ready to scrap, reinvent the whole system, it, I don't know how it changes. I, for me, the part of it that bothers uh, me the most is that 
I felt like we got away from this when Devonta Smith won it. It was so cool to see a non-quarterback running back yeah. win the Heisman. Like, yes, that dude was the best player in college football this year. Thank you for not giving it to his quarterback, giving it to him, who's the best receiver. When, when you announce a class and it's four quarterbacks and one of them's laughable, you lose me. I have no interest in it. Yeah. You're just you're you're, a, you're it's just the best quarterback in the country award now. Oh, just it's make 100%. it the Davy O'Brien. It, just, like, it seems like lazy voting. You're telling me that Jalen Carter is. shouldn't have gotten an invite at the defensive lineman out of Georgia, who's going to be the number two overall pick in the draft? Yeah. Or you know, Will I know Anderson didn't quite have the dominant year that maybe some were expecting, but he was really good for most of the year. Blake Corum at Michigan the Blake season Corum, that he had, yeah. like, yep. what are we doing here? Yeah. And we're inviting Stetson Bennett. C.J. Stroud had a really good year. The way they lost to Michigan, that should eliminate you. I'm sorry, it should. The way that they got blown out in that game, I just I don't know. To me, what revives it is having finalists that makes sense in inviting the best players in college football and not I mean, aren't the voters to, supposed to, to be more nuanced and sophisticated and understanding the game of football than the average fan i think if you threw out a thousand I, I, I think, ballots to yeah. the average fan you'd get the same yeah but swag i mean go yeah. back to go back to when this award actually was a, a huge deal right yeah. Let, let's go back to when me and dirt were younger late 90s was the peak i mean it, yeah for us it felt like that right you had Orlando Pace was there. Charles yeah. Woodson won it. Mm-hmm. it. It was a Randy really, Moss yeah. was a finalist. It was a really interesting time. Let's go back to that. I mean, if you're being honest, it seems like they had more, more of a viewpoint of college, and they had less access to watch the games. There were less yeah. channels back then. We didn't have the SEC network and the Pac-12 network. Like all these networks exist to watch the watch the games, and it somehow feels like the voting has gotten worse. They have more access to games, and the finalists are just prototypical quarterback now. It's weird how that that is lined up. And it feels like, I mean, the the worst thing you could have for the award, too, is it being a foregone conclusion. And there's no chance Caleb Williams doesn't win this thing. You don't think C.J. Stroud is going to be really close? Maybe he's close. I just I would be shocked if Caleb Williams doesn't win. Caleb Williams is the best player in college football this year. I I would be, too, personally, but... they put Stetson Bennett at there. Like, I know, and you can say, guys, imagine Stetson Bennett wins the Heisman. What does it matter? He's not going to win it. It's like, yeah, but like, they're used, they used to matter to get the invite. The invite used to be part of the deal. When Joey Harrington went to New York, that was one of the biggest deals of all time. Massive. They, they did the Heisman campaign. There's a video of him playing the piano. Like, that was a Joey, like, that was a huge deal. We knew he wasn't going to win. That was a massive storyline, though, in the Northwest. And so. Uh, yeah, it's lost its luster. I, I would like to see non-quarterbacks get invites. Stetson Bennett getting an invite is is a joke. But uh, here we are. Caleb Williams is going to win it on Saturday. Your finalists are four quarterbacks, one of them being Stetson Bennett. Somehow, Hendon Hooker did not get an invite. And I just yeah, – I, I, Michael Penick's not getting an invite. Really cool story this year. I don't understand it, man. Don't understand it. Uh, we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. I want to talk about some of these insane baseball contracts that are getting handed out. How would you feel if your team paid $300 million for Trey Turner? Would that get you encouraged? Oh. What about handing a 40-year-old Justin Verlander $45 million for the next two years? I love people praising that, like he's going to win them the World They're Series They're top two year. in the rotation or a combined, like, 90 years old. It's <laughs> All right, uh, so I want to get into that a little bit. Mail sack coming up at 815. Get your questions in, 503-250-1080. Some other NFL notes that were left over from the weekend that we haven't talked about loaded. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and spray gone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 